Hello, and welcome to Veins of Gold, Finding God's Treasure in a Dirt-Covered World. This is a podcast from Mountain View Baptist Church in Thomaston, Georgia. Now, let's join Pastor Ryan Christopher as he digs into this week's program. Man, 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 I am excited. I'm excited about this podcast. Let me tell you why. We, uh, the AV team uh, is always, they are always trying to figure out uh, new ways to get the word out to people. And uh, this isn't necessarily a new way. I realize that we're kind of uh, behind the times, if you will. There are podcasts everywhere. Oh my goodness, thousands and thousands and thousands of podcasts and people talking all over the place. And, and we are super excited to be a part of that now. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about this thing before we even get started. Uh, first of all, I'm only going to go about, uh, I would guess, about 25 minutes, about 25 minutes, uh, because I realize that most people's attention span uh, doesn't go much further than that. Uh, I do preach longer than that normally, and I can see the eyes glaze over and people passing out in the pews, and it's not because the Spirit's moving, but because I have preached too long. So we're going to go about 25 minutes. And uh, look, this is this is the thing about this. this. This can morph into so many different things, and I'm I'm excited about that. I really am because let, let me tell you, the main focus is going to be the Word of God, getting into the Word of God, uh, talking about sermons that we've had the past Sunday, and and, and certainly those things. We're going to do some interviews. I mean, it could it could morph into uh, uh, interviews for several weeks in a row. It could. It could be a, a number of things that God leads us to do with this. Uh, the main thing being getting the word of God into God's people. I know there are so many podcasts doing that. And uh, what makes you different, Ryan? Well, I'm not so sure we're going to be different. I, I can tell you this: we're going to be uh, we're going to be diving very deep into it. And at times, uh, you know, me relaying some uh, you know personal things in my own life and struggles I'm having with you know even in the midst of that scripture. You know, here I am a pastor and reading this and the tough nature of that word and uh, and us getting in the middle of this and just really digging deep and saying digging deep let me um let me talk about that just for a minute somebody say well Ryan why have you named it veins of gold here at Mountain View you know we, we're we're digging into the word of God and such and and I'm gonna tell you it hadn't been long I heard a story about uh, I heard a story about a man uh, who was who was you know back in the days when they were you know searching for all of this gold and and the gold rush of American history and stuff and and the fact that you know they would go in and they would have these mines and they would go and they would they would be digging for this gold and people were working so hard and and, and if one person found out somebody had found gold oh people would come from all over to try to start their own uh, digging for gold and they get all their tools and such and start digging in the same places, the same areas, buying up land, all that good stuff. But uh, you'd hear about people who could actually, once a, a vein of gold, which was you know this stretch of gold that would be in the land, once they would uh, come to the end of one of those, they had to pe- have people who knew what they were doing and that was very, you know, uh, that was sparse. I mean, you couldn't find you couldn't find somebody just anywhere that could do this. But there were people even then who could the science behind. Okay, where does this vein start up again? Does it start up again? Have we have we uh, exhausted the gold in this area or not? And there were many times people would leave a gold mine, and someone else would come in and start you know digging in a different direction from that same mine. Would buy up an empty gold mine, start digging in another direction or something, and find uh, find that the vein actually kept going. Uh, there was a few feet or there was, you know, a few hundred feet or whatever between the two veins. And uh, so here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So here we are. Uh, people would leave these gold mines. They would leave them 
and leave them abandoned and say, listen, man, you can have at it if you want it. Here's what it's going to cost you to have this, uh, to have what we've done so far. And they were, you know, sometimes people would find that vein again. These veins are deep in the dirt, folks. These veins are deep in the dirt. There is a lot we want to find in Scripture that is deep within the Word. Okay. Now, look, I'm not going to get so deep that I, you know, that I drown. I certainly don't want you to drown. But there are just things there. I mean, you know, Jesus. A lot of times, what Jesus would do is he would he would uh, preach a sermon or even talk to his disciples. There were many times he talked to his disciples. He says, "I'm the bread of life," and or or when he looked at them and he said, he said this. He said, "You know, I have food that you don't know anything about." You know, he had been with the woman with the woman at the well, and he'd been talking to her, and they come back and they're asking him all kinds of questions. And you know, hey, we got food. Are you hungry? No, no, no. I have food you don't know about. And they're like, well, "What are you talking about?" What do you mean you have food? I mean, there's no food around here except for what we're going to bring you. And here's the thing. He was meaning something deeper. He was meaning something spiritual. He's like, I have food to do the will of my father is my food. And so it was deeper. So when we say veins of gold, we are talking about digging into God's word and finding treasure in it. Okay. So that's why we've said this and what a treasure it is. What a treasure it is. We're going to be searching all over and uh, doing all sorts of things uh, in order to uh, bless his name and give him glory and uh, and get in the middle of this stuff and have a have an, a tremendous time doing it. I certainly hope we do. We're going to laugh together. We're going to cry together. We're going to do all those things together. And I'm looking, I'm so looking forward to all the things that we're going to do uh, as a result of the AV team here, who is just on fire for getting this done, I am. A, I'm a boy from the projects. I, I didn't know anything about this stuff. 47 years old, grew up in the projects in the 70s and 80s, and I can tell you this: I, I don't know a whole lot about this kind of stuff. I just know uh, to talk. They said, "Look, man, you just get in there, you talk about Jesus, and things are going to be okay." So they stick a microphone in front of my face, and praise God, we're going to go. Uh, we're going to go forward with it. I do want to say this uh, today: we're going to talk about understanding uh, joy, understanding joy. Guys, I am joyful. I'm usually a little too joyful, a little too giddy. Um, somebody says, Ryan, do you ever get mad? Yes, I do. And I have made some terrible mistakes. And the people here at this church understand that uh, I can uh, I can get a I can have a temper tantrum at times. And I certainly don't like to do that. And uh, the enemy will uh, attack because he knows that's my button. But I'm going to tell you something. Today's time. Let's talk about this for a minute, folks. Let, let's talk about this. I cannot tell you of another time in my life where the church uh, has been more rocked than by what's going on with COVID crisis. Now, let me tell you from a couple of different perspectives, okay? Uh, First of all, you know, when I I came to Mountain View uh, six years ago, almost six years ago, you know, I came in the doors. And I realized this was home. I, I really did. You know, I'd been at, uh, been in another church and came here to Mountain View as an associate pastor. Uh, that's what I am now. And and uh, came here and just, uh, just loved it. Knew that this was home and knew I had a family around me. Man, we would go to battle. We would go to fight together. And I still believe that. I still believe we could go to war and we'd be by each other's arms and such. Uh, what I never saw coming, what I never saw coming was the the rapid nature of uh, flight from churches across America uh, once this COVID crisis uh, hit. Uh, awful lot of people, rightfully so, who, uh, who whose health was uh, compromised, who felt like they, uh, they needed to be at home, and rightfully so, my goodness. Um, there were those who said, you know, everything uh, needs to shut down. 
uh, everything. And so they had their reasons for that. There were those who were somewhere in the middle. There were some of those who didn't want to shut down anything, and they had their reasons for that. It was really the first time in my lifetime I have seen such an issue divide so many. And it's not even really, um, you know, it's not a spiritual issue, except for the fact that somehow there is uh, no middle ground we seem to be coming to uh, through all of this. I do believe, this is what I do believe, I do believe at the end of all of this that we are going to be stronger. God's doing a pruning, not necessarily pruning people away who don't want to be at church. That's not the thing. He's doing a pruning to see exactly how we will proceed with this and whether or not we're going to fall on our knees and cry out for him to do an amazing work of revival in our churches. I believe he's going to do that. It doesn't take away from the fact that we should be talking about this crisis in our sermons and things like that. Sure, certainly we should be because there are different viewpoints and there are different way, ways of us looking at this thing. And, and we don't want the government to go too far, but we don't want anybody to get hurt and, and unhealthy and things. And it's just the weirdest uh, weirdest place to be, to see, uh, see churches empty, to preach to an empty sanctuary hours, which would probably you know, on a given Sunday, uh, can seat up to, you know, 1300 or so. Uh, and, you know, even if we don't have that many, you're going to have, you know, you're going to have several hundred in there. And it's, it's, it's amazing to try to preach in, in an atmosphere where nobody's in there. You know, people are watching you online, you know, people are listening to you, you know, all those things are happening, but it's so odd. It was just like, you know, like a ghost town of sorts. And so it was difficult for an awful lot of pastors and, uh, and an awful lot of sermons came out of that. And, and certainly some, uh, with, with emotion one way or the other, people being on different sides. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that I'm noticing that I don't want to happen to our people, especially me. And the battle that I go through inside is suddenly I found myself after month one of being locked down, uh, you know, just uh, in, a, in a depression of sorts. And I know there are people and I don't mean to make light of depression. My goodness, I do not. Uh, and I can get to a I can get to a, a message just on that at another time. But I don't want to get into I'm not making light of depression. I'm saying I, it was a sort of depression because it was kind of like, you know, hey, I want to be around my people. You know, I want to be around them and I want to I want to love them. I can tell you guys just today, just today. I saw one of our members, uh, a gentleman in our church and uh, an older gentleman in our church. And man, we were always, you know, just we give each other a hug and we would handshake and things. And it was almost like both of us were scared to even shake hands anymore. And uh, and I do believe that's a problem. I mean, I I'm trying my best to be as joyful as possible because God has taught me to do that. God has taught me to be joyful and he's taught you to be joyful. Uh, Saint, here's the, here's the thing in the Bible, it teaches us to have the joy of the Lord. Now somebody says, well, I'm not always happy. Well, well, we're talking about two different things, you know, with happiness, you know, is generally based on circumstances. Okay. And I know this has been just ground into you over the years, but happiness is, you know, circumstances, joy, no matter what's going on, you have peace and you're able to smile and keep going because you know that God is in control. And that's one of the main things that we have to, that is the main thing that we have to remember through all this and keeping our joy is that my goodness, in the midst of all this, we have to remember that God is still in control. And, you know, I'm not going to walk around sad because somebody tells me to walk around sad. I'm not going to do it because I have the joy of the Lord. I'm just not going to do it. You say, well, Ryan, are you scared? I'm scared for the future of America. But I, then, then when I, when I, when I look at that, I say to myself, well, my goodness, 
We've made it through the, the things before. We've made it through wars. We've made it through uh, depressions. We've made it through all sorts of things, uh, even all the way back to 9-11 and things like that. We've made it through some of the toughest times a nation can have. And yet, in the midst of all of this, in the midst of all of this, we are making it because we are trusting in God. That's what he's asking us to do. I mean, he's never, he's never, he's never said, Hey, look here, you know, make it on your own. And when you need me, call me, just, just give me a, just give me a heads up that you're about to call. And I'd, I'd love to be a part of whatever it is you're doing. No, 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 no. He's not doing that. He's saying, what he is saying is he's saying, I want to be in your life constantly, you trusting in me and you having joy, unspeakable, unspeakable joy. I want you to have that. This past Sunday, we're preaching a sermon. I was in Nehemiah chapter eight. I was in Nehemiah chapter eight. And uh, these, these are the words. These, these are some of the ones. I'll just give you a few of the verses. Then I'm going to skip ahead to a couple of verses. And then I want us to get into the into the nitty gritty of all this, because I can tell you what I, I'm uh, I'm excited about joy. How about that? I mean, that's just, you can't get better than that. Excited about joy. Let's read some of these uh, some of these verses. It says, and all the people gathered. This is Nehemiah chapter eight. And all the people gathered themselves together as one man in the street that was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. When I read those verses, you know, I kind of wanted to stop. And if I went through commentary of every single verse that I was reading, I would have I would have been probably, I don't know, three, four hours into this sermon before I was able to finish. But here's what's happened. OK, folks, here's what's happened. Any any student of the Bible may know this, but maybe some of you don't. And and that is this, you know. Israel goes into uh, exile and they go, uh, Babylon conquers them and Babylon takes some of the smartest into their own nation and they're, and, uh, and, and for some of the others, they're, they're, you know, they're left behind, but they, but they still are under Babylonian rule and they, they learn the language of the Babylonians and such. So all of this, all this Bible, all this Bible language, you're talking about 70 years of captivity, all of this Bible language became something foreign to them. I mean, you're talking about generations growing up, people born into captivity and dying in captivity even. I know 70 years isn't really long enough for a lot of that to happen, but if you went into captivity, if you went into captivity, you could have very well died in there. If you went in your in your 40s and, you know, you, certainly you would die in captivity and such. And you could be born at, at you know, into captivity and die in captivity at a younger age. It was they they all they knew was this and they were not hearing the word of the Lord. They were hearing the Babylonian stuff, whatever the Babylonians told them is what they were hearing. Now, we know some of the heroes of that time and we know what Ezra and we know, of, you know, we know of all of the, the heroes that lived through that and were able to do some amazing things to the miracle of God through that time. But here's Nehemiah. Nehemiah is uh Nehemiah is a wine taster for the king, okay? Of Babylon. And and here and here's the thing about this though. You got to understand about Nehemiah. What is a wine taster first? A wine taster what he would do is he would taste the food or taste the uh taste the wine rather of of the king in case it was poisoned. His whole his whole job was to make sure that it, the king was protected, okay? There were other little duties and things, but his main job was to make sure that he tasted this stuff before the king did. And my goodness, putting your life on the line every single day for the king, you kind of, there was an affection that grew between the two. Nehemiah finds out that the, you know, just how, uh, uh, terrible the walls in Jerusalem are. Even after 70 years, they're torn down. The people want to rebuild the walls. So Nehemiah starts a starts a campaign to see that happen, goes to king. He is given permission to go back and rebuild them, that there shouldn't be a problem with that as such. So going back, Nehemiah, you head that up. 
Well, he gets he gets Ezra, one of the prophets of the day. They kind of team up again. I'm making this making this kind of a short explanation and all. So uh, you guys just uh, just hang with me because I don't have a lot of time here. Don't have a lot of time. But he, but here's the thing. He teams up with Ezra, Ezra the prophet. Ezra then brings the word as they are building and such and rebuilding these walls. They're having to look out for the Samaritans who are trying to stop them from rebuilding walls. Think about this, folks. Think about this just for a minute. God is trying to rebuild this church, trying to rebuild this church. Now, I'm not talking about Mountain View. I'm talking about the church of Jesus. He's trying to rebuild it stronger, okay? Stronger, not just COVID crisis. Things things needed a, a shifting and a shaking long before the COVID crisis. But God is going to be able to do some big things here. But there's going to have to be people on both sides that come together and say, look, we are going to make this effective ministry, and we're going to praise our God. We're going to repent to our Lord, be on our knees, give him all we got. We're going to do everything that we can. But in the midst of that, in the midst of that, we're going to be joyful. Think about this. We're rebuilding the walls. Now, I've got to hurry. Ezra is reading. Ezra is going to read from the book. They are they are going to begin to weep and to cry. They are crying because these people are explaining words to them. They have not, they've not heard in years. They have not heard these words in years. These Israelites, oh, you've got to be kidding me. This is beautiful. Why haven't we heard this before? Oh, my goodness. And it doesn't matter if their hearts were hardened. It doesn't matter if they were in exile. They are listening to this stuff for the first time in a long time. It's in another language. They haven't explained it to us in a language they didn't understand. It's in the language of the original writing. But they didn't understand it. Finally, they're hearing it, and they're weeping. They are so, so uh, despondent almost because they have been uh, here was the law of God, and they've been defying it in some ways, and they want to know, okay, how do we fix this? How do we get this right? Well, look, Ezra continues to teach them and all. We're going to rebuild these walls. We're going to, we're going to, you know, we're going to get back to where we need to be. But then he says this. He says, listen about his, listen to what he says about his, the tears. He said, then he said unto them, this is verse 10. Then he said unto them, go your way. Eat the fat and drink the sweet and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Go out and celebrate. You've heard the word of God. Go out and celebrate. Praise God. That gives me excited. I want to preach right now. No, I can't. No, I can't. It's a podcast, not a preaching. So we're going to do, we're going to do this. He said, so then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet. Hey, get the sweet tea, get out the chicken tenders, have a good time, party it up in a good way, in a godly way, party this up and get excited. You know, by the way, just a little secret between you and me, um, Christians can get excited and be happy. I sure hope you know that. I sure hope you know that. Ryan, are you a Baptist church? Yes, we are. We're kind of Baptocostal, you know, in a way. And I know that a lot of people cringe and will say something bad about me saying that. But let me tell you something. I'm I'm spirit. I'm a spirit-filled Baptist. I promise you that. And every born-again Baptist is spirit-filled, okay? I don't want to go there. But I do want to say this. I want to say this. I want to say this. An inpouring of the Spirit. I love the Lord, and I don't mind I don't mind doing a little dance at every once in a while because I love Him. But he says, Ezra says, go your way. Eat the fat. Drink the sweet. Get sweet tea out. Send portions unto them whom nothing is prepared. Those people, those people out there who aren't a part of the party, try to get as much out to them as you can. Okay. And then it says, and it says, for this day is holy unto our Lord. 
The fact that you're hearing the word again is holy unto the Lord. Look, these Sundays that we're all starting to come back together, let's celebrate. Yeah, no, not everybody's going to be back. Not everybody's going to be back. I get that. I understand that. But we're going to celebrate. I don't care where two or more gathered in his name. There he is in the midst of them. And I'm telling you what, even when I'm by myself, I know he's in my, he's in my, my, my soul. He is in my heart. He is, he, he is what, he is why I exist. He's the one that gives me the breath. He's the one that gives me the air. And I, and I praise God for that. I do. And, and, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay. So let's move fast. Here's the, here's the, here's the main point. I'm already this far into it. Okay. Here's the main point. It says, neither be ye sorry. It's still verse 10. Neither be ye sorry for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Praise God. That makes me excited. Look, he, he basically, listen, don't be walking around sorry that you're excited and joyful over the Lord. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something, folks. If you think COVID is the last bad thing that's going to happen to you, you're crazy. Yeah, you you've lost your mind. And I look, no, you tell me, well, if you're in the will of God, nothing bad's gonna happen to you. Let me promise you something. If you're in the will of God, a lot of bad things are gonna happen to you. In fact, you're gonna be attacked even more than more than ever. Here's the difference: God is gonna be with you. You're gonna be able to get through these things. He's gonna He's gonna help you move through it. He's gonna help you get through them. He's gonna help you on the other side of these things be stronger and better. And yes, there are blessings, and there are blessings uncountable for God's children. Even on this side, David said, "He said, I would have fainted if I had not known that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living, not just in the land of the dead, not just when I go to heaven will I see the goodness of God. I intend on seeing the good." of God on this side. Okay. So you can be joyful of that and you do not listen to me now. Listen to me. You do not have to be ashamed of that. You can be excited that you're excited. You can be excited that you're joyful. You can folks. And that's what we ought to be. We ought not look. Here's, here's the thing. We ought not get ourselves down. We ought not get ourselves all beat up. I can promise you this, that in my yard, in my front yard, I've got to get some stuff. I got to go by the, uh, the, the, uh, the home store over here in, in town. And I've got to go by there and I've got to get me some, uh, ant killer. I've got to do that because let me, let me tell you why I've got to do that. I've got ant beds in my front yard. And every time we get out and we're rustling, around having a good time in the front yard we hit one of them things and man it's getting going somebody gets them up the pants and up the shorts and things like that i mean they've been fussing at me lately ryan please do something with the doggone ants okay i do but let me tell you about these crazy things unless you put those unless you put that ant killer and stuff on there um i'm gonna tell you what they're gonna do i can bust the top over those things and i can bust them and everything and i'm gonna tell you what they're gonna do they're gonna go back they're gonna they're gonna get that they're gonna go back and get that dirt Okay. And it's the craziest thing. I can come back the next day and they're already rebuilding. In fact, the moment I kick that thing over, those ants go to rebuilding. It blows my mind. The Bible even says, oh, how wonderful the word is. It says, consider the ant. You know why you consider the ant? Because it rebuilds when there's destruction that happens. Oh, I don't care what it is. I don't care how you've been blindsided or anything like that. I wrote a little uh, booklet here uh, recently. It's going to be published and and that's a little booklet it's nothing to it but uh but anyway it's called resilient and it talks about that very thing you're blindsided and in the midst of that how do you keep your joy and how do you keep going how do you be resilient in the midst of all that craziness okay so just like the ant we've got to go in and rebuild and we got to be joyful about it nobody is interested in a bunch of eeyore walking you know people who don't know who, who don't know that they have a king of kings and lord of lords who can help them through this 
Okay, he is going to help us through this. He's going to protect our people who need to be protected, and he's going to get them. He's going to get us through this. And yes, there have been some. Uh, there's been some ups and the downs. It's going to keep happening. There are going to be things that, that happen in your church that are going to. You're going to think, oh my gosh, this is the end of things. But if we would be strong, get on our knees and pray, God, will you please help us through? I promise you, God, send your joy into my heart, knowing we can make this through this. We can. We can get through this. And uh, and and all of those things that. That, that are there. Nehemiah and Ezra, they're on a team and Ezra says, don't be ashamed to be joyful because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Don't be ashamed of knowing what God can do in you and for you if you will build upon joy. Okay. And look, there's no, there's no winning without working. You can't, you can't win this game without working hard, but you can be joyful while you're working folks. And, and, I, and I tell you this, well, Ryan, I've got opposition. I've got people coming against me. Well, you know what? There's no opportunity without opposition. Why in the world, why in the world would you want something so easy? Because guess what? If you get it easy, I, there was a guy one time, I was listening to him, and he, and he was charging for this uh, seminar he was going to do online. He said something that blew my mind. It made all the sense in the world. Now, I'm not all for this, you know, you're going to make billions and billions and billions of stuff like that, I, you know, name it, claim it kind of stuff. But I, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. He, he made a lot of sense. He said, Ryan, he didn't say Ryan. He, he was saying it to me in a sense. But I was listening to him, and he was like, he was going to charge, I don't know what it was, 40 bucks for you know this hour program he was going to do or something. And I was like, man, 40 bucks, and all you do is talking online. What in the world? But then he said this. He said, you know why? Because if you don't pay for it, you're not going to listen. I said, man, you're crazy. I listen to a lot of free stuff. I'm thinking this in my head. I'm listening to a lot of free stuff. He said, no, no, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't pay for it, you're not going to, you're not going to listen. And sure enough, you know, these things that have been coming out here lately, you know, I may listen to them, may not. If I sign up for something and I paid for it, I want to listen. I want to get my money's worth out of it. Otherwise, I'm like, I may listen to that later. You know, I may do that later and that kind of thing like that. Uh, listen, if you get something easy, if you get something easy, you're not going to appreciate it. You're not going to want, you're not, you're just not. If he just hand it to you, that's the thing, the same thing that happens with my kids sometimes, you know, my kids are grown now, but my kids, you know, my, when they were growing up, it was kind of like, listen, if it, everything was handed to them, a lot of times, like if it broke, it was like, hey, can you get me another one? Hey, can you get me another one? Wait, by the way, that cell phone costs a few hundred dollars. If you think I'm just going to walk out and get you another one, it doesn't work like that. Oh, my goodness. See what I mean? It, it, you look, it, it, why do you want anything easy, folks? I am I am joyful. I am excited. I am joyful. I just hit the mic. Um, but but I am joyful at the fact that I can work hard and get things uh, and, and and follow scripture and work my sweat of my brow and 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 give unto the Lord and He's going to help me through and He's going to get me through and provide for me. And I'm telling you, folks, why do you want anything easy? Joy is not easy to get either. Okay. Joy is not, you got to fight for your joy because there are going to be so many different things coming against you, at you, and trying to steal your joy. Sickness is going to come and try to steal your joy. Uh, a financial problems are going to come and try to steal your joy. Now, there are things we can do about our sickness. There are things we can do about financial problems. There are things we can do, marital, tr marital trouble, things like this are going to come. Family trouble going to come and try to steal your joy. You've got to be determined that you are going to be joyful and you are not going to allow the enemy to steal that joy excited about rebuilding excited about it joy rebuilding my family rebuilding my marriage rebuilding these things get excited about that thing 
And quickly, I know I know that we've been uh, we've been going long here, but quickly, I want I want to do this because I only got just a couple of minutes here. I want to go through th- uh, a couple of things. The joy of Jesus is given to us by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is working in us to to bring us joy. The next thing that I, that Sunday brought to us is the joy of the Lord is given to the grateful. Grateful. Listen, listen are you grateful to, for the good things in your life and grateful for the bad? Are you grateful for the ups and grateful for the downs? I mean, seriously, guys, I mean, think about this for a minute. Are you grateful when we're going through what we're going through now? Even grateful? Folks, I am telling you, my wife has gone crazy about buying food. Uh, I mean, my, I mean, it's like I tell her, I said, we are good at least until, I don't know, the year 2080. Can we stop now? You know what I mean? That is such a blessing because I can remember living in the projects and opening it up a re- an empty refrigerator. It had government cheese, government peanut butter, a few crackers, blah, 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 having that in the refrigerator. And she and I wondering how we were going to spend the next $15 she'd make helping clean houses. I mean, I can tell you that, folks. And I know how blessed I am. Grateful joy comes. I am so joyful because I know what I was and what Jesus has made me. And I give him all glory and honor for everything that he has done for me. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to tell you something, folks. Uh, you know, some, some people get, some people get stopped in their tracks. Some people get stopped in their tracks and don't give God glory for all that he's done. If you will be grateful, I promise you, joy will start pouring in you. Be grateful for everything, everything. Be grateful that somehow God is going to work this for good. The joy of the Lord flows from faith, folks. You're going to have to have faith that God will always be with you. He is never leaving you. It's like R.C. Sproul said, he said, it's one thing to believe in God. It's another thing to believe God. So Ryan, what do you mean by that? Look, you can believe in God. But you got to believe God, his word. His word says he'll never leave us or forsake us. He's always with us, folks. And I want you to know that. Also, the last thing I want to talk to you about today, real quick, the joy of the Lord reacts to reward, reacts to reward. Let me think about, think about, think about those folks for a minute. Okay. They knew they were going to have a completed wall. The Israelites knew they were going to have a completed wall and somehow they were getting some of their history back with this word. And they were beginning that, that, that national pride and hearing the word of God and knowing that they were God's chosen people and, and hearing, hearing those words again and just weeping and crying and crying out to God. He said, no, 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 be joyful. You are beginning to know who you are. See, they were reacting to, they were reacting to reward reacting to reward. And that was, look, we can do that too, because we know what God will reward us on this side of heaven and he will reward us on that side of heaven. Isn't God so good to us when we don't deserve it, folks? I'm telling you, his mercy abounds. Oh my goodness gracious. And I thank God for that, that in the middle of all this, look, people are trying to steal your joy. Television's trying to steal your joy. Shut it off, okay? I'm not telling you not to be informed. I tell you, just shut it off. You're listening too much to the TV and not enough to the word of God, okay? Get joyful. Look around you at the things God has blessed you with and smile for a change. God wants you joyful. I tell you what, folks, I I know we're running out of time, but I do want to make sure that we understand, that we understand that Christians, that Christians need to be joyful. And that does mean, it does mean a smile. It does mean, you know, when you're going around this world, wherever you're working, wherever you're going, wherever you're talking, wherever you're singing, wherever it happens to be, to put that smile on your face. Because look, we are looking forward to a reward one day and reward here and a reward there. We need to be joyful, joyful, 
joyful people. And I know, listen, there's time for tears and there's time for mourning. There certainly is. The Bible teaches us that. But overall, we need inside of us a joy that is un, unfathomable. It has to be It has to be something that people are absolutely amazed by. Not giddy, joyful. I'm talking about having a good time in the Lord. Amen? Well, look, I don't want this to go on and on forever. I want you to be able to listen each and every week and know that I'm not going to just carry on and carry on and carry on because I can't. I can just talk all day. But especially, especially about my Jesus, your Jesus. Well, look, guys, I love you, and I will talk to you next time. See you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Veins of Gold, a podcast of Mountain View Baptist Church. For information about our church and ministries, please visit our website, mvbaptist.org.